Welcome to Mount Hope's Thanksgiving Eve service 2019 for Burlington and for Belmont. And it's great to have both of our locations uh, gathered this evening as we give thanks to the Lord. Uh, my name is Rick. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm one of the pastors here at Mount Hope, and we're glad to be with you this evening. It's one of, I know many of us, one of our favorite services of the year. And uh, one of the great reasons for that is because we just get to hear some stories of what God is doing and has done in the lives of people who call Mount Hope their church home. As we do this and we think about and pray about who to share each year, we, share some, we ask some people to share stories of what God has done in the last year since we gathered here last year for our Thanksgiving Eve service. And then we also think about stories that sit in the chairs that we as pastors may know about, but that others may not always hear about. Things that God did in past years that would be beneficial for the church to hear. We have four stories to share with you this evening. And the first story is that. It's someone who has attended Mount Hope for many years. In fact, their family have attended Mount Hope since before it was called Mount Hope. And they've been here uh, for many years, and uh, many of you may know uh, him. But you may not know his story. Uh, this man that's coming to share spent many years teaching young boys at Mount Hope to know Jesus and to love Jesus. In fact, some of the youngest boys that would come through our uh, kids' ministries program, he took it on himself to teach them about Jesus and many of you may know him because maybe he taught your children, but what you may not know is that he started out as a young man who wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, joined the Marines, went off to Vietnam, and had no desire at all to learn or know anything about God. And I asked him to share with you tonight a few minutes on how that story, how do you go from a young man who wants nothing to do with God to a man later in life who spends his time and days teaching boys about Jesus. So listen to his story. Welcome Dennis Levitt as he comes to share with you this evening. ago, I got away from home, and I got away from church. Uh, I was born and raised in the Catholic society, and my parents made me go every week, whether I liked it or not. And uh, once I got into Marine Corps, this is great. There was no one telling me I had to go to church, except in boot camp. They made you go to church on Sunday, and the priest told you I had, you had to listen to everybody who was in charge of you, and that's about it. I survived that way for a number of years, but there's always people, who, you know, come knocking on your door. Uh, I lived in a squad bay. There's like 100 people living in, this, in a room this size. We had bunks, and guys would walk through, and they want to tell you about Jesus. And let me tell you, the last thing you want to hear about is Jesus. Uh, he wants to save you. I know many of you are old enough to know when people, you have to accept the Lord or else. That was the way it was. Uh, I wanted to kill them. Uh, and a couple of times, I whacked a couple of them. <laughs> One gentleman in particular, I was working a night crew, so I slept during the day. There may be about 10 of us in the barracks. 
and then come and they bother us more. And once I physically got him out of my face, he would stand outside my cubicle and pray for me. And this went on for months. Fortunately, I got orders to Vietnam. I got rid of that guy really quick. <laughs> Did pretty good over there. You know, I, they were trying to kill me, but they couldn't get close to me. Well, one day I'm walking, I was heading somewhere, and a friend of mine said, hey, come take a look at this. So I come in, we sat down, went to this auditorium. I thought there was going to be a movie or Bob Hope or something going to come by. It was a Protestant service, and I'm trying to figure out, how do I get out of here, you know? And the minister was talking, ministering, and it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, he had some good words, and, you know, they really touched me. Not to a point when he said, who wants to accept Jesus? That was the time for me to go, and I went. But a couple days later, I found out I was going on a mission, and it was one of those that, after listening to this minister, I decided maybe I ought to go to confession, because if I get killed, I'm going straight to hell. And if I even forget purgatory, I'm going straight to hell. So I ended up, went to see the priest, and a priest said to me, oh, we don't do confessions. I said, huh? Oh, no, you have to come on Sunday. We have a general absolution. And I'm thinking to myself, Sunday, that's four days from now. I'm going out, you know, thank you. And I walk out the door, and I'm thinking, I should become a Protestant. I mean, really, if I got to do a general absolution, I must be a Protestant. So I survived Vietnam, get out, uh, get a medical out, and uh, decided I'm going to go to school. I was at Wentworth, and I had this dorm room, and uh, I had this young man in my room, and every time I was doing things I wasn't supposed to do, he would pray for me and tell me that God really doesn't like it. He, to a point, he, I didn't quite put my hands on him, but get him out of my way, and he was always praying for me. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd look over, and there he was on his knees. The guy scared me. He really did. <laughs> in the meantime, I met this young student nurse, and I took her out for a date. And guess what she wanted to talk about? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, come on, seriously. You're a college student, you got, and you're going out, and they want to talk about Jesus. So we did some academic talk about Jesus, and that was it. So I actually went back out with her again. I mean, she was pretty cute. And, uh, <laughs> and she liked me, was willing to go out with me. This is great. I think it had something to do with I had a car. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. Eventually, we were going out long enough. She said to me, we have to meet my parents. Wow. Go to meet the parents for the first time. One little hitch. You have to meet them in church. I said, okay. We're going to a Protestant church. I've never been to a Protestant church. As far as I knew, that's where the devil went. I mean, my, my father was, you know, oh, those people are bad. So, so I went, and I met her mother, because she told me she carries a big Bible dressed in black. You know, she, it really gave me a hard time. I also brought a friend of mine who was a Methodist with his Jewish girlfriend for backup. <laughs> Where I met her, 
his mother, was in Belmont at the Belmont Church, which was the Belmont Assembly back then. And uh, she, this woman turned out to be a great woman of God, a prayer warrior. And a uh, matter of fact, she was one of the founding members of Mount Hope uh, Christian Center when it became one. So, so eventually, I got married in Belmont Assembly of God. Uh, and on a side note, my mother made sure she got a papal dispensation to come to the wedding because she was coming with heathens. And uh, she went there, so she gave the Bishop of Providence $35 for her, $35 my father, so they wouldn't go to hell for coming into a Protestant church. Great deal. In that wedding, before we were counseling, I made, this, I made the mistake of agreeing that if we had children, they would be brought up Christian, any AG. And I made the mistake of saying, if she had to work and they couldn't go, I would bring them to church. Great. My son is two weeks old, and my wife said, you're going to take him to church Sunday, right? I go, what? <laughs> You're going to take him to church. I said, why? Well, you promised you'd take him to church. I said, well, he's going to have no idea what I'm doing. And she said, but I will. <laughs> so I brought my son to church every other week. And, uh, and she brought her the other weeks. And this went on, you know, I, I, I was picking up a little what's going on because in church, and I was starting to accept Christ. Uh, had a few problems. Of, I was you know, drinking, smoking, and, and things were slowly going along. And Pastor Meppel, like at the time, was a, when he was talking, he'd say things. And when I heard him, I understood, and it touched me. Uh, and I got home one day, and I said, Pastor Meppel was talking about tithing. I think we ought to try that. And she went, <clears throat> you know what he's talking about, right? I go, yeah, you sure? Yeah, that's your money. Yeah, okay, we'll try it, and we tried it, and things have worked great since. Never had a problem. It, it works. My son got old enough, five years old, gonna go to Sunday school. We have Sunday school back then, and uh, so he's gonna go to Sunday school. She says, "You're gonna take him to Sunday school." I go, "Great, you know." Okay, so I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. I think I can drop him off, I can take off, go do something, come back, go to church, we pick him up, and I go back. This is, I had it all planned. And then someone made the bright idea, that, well, you're going to be here, right, in case something happens, you're going to have to be close by, which shut down the whole thought of getting out of here for a couple hours, because that's what my folks used to do, is drop me off at church and take off for a couple hours. Not going to work. I did Sunday school. One day, I'm walking down the hall, and Bert Weiner, who used to be an elder in his church, walked out and uh, he said, hey, how would you like to get involved with Royal Rangers? And I go, what's Royal Rangers? So he explained to me, and I go, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, so I got involved. And he introduced me to a number of great men. Uh, when, when I look at people like Edgar, I, I had men in Royal Rangers who were like Edgar, 
who were there, who taught me, who mentored me. My best friend, uh, is, is an, who, who has been mentoring me for the last 35 years, is in a nursing home in Rhode Island. And I go down, and I see him. And all I can remember, and he's still talking about God and loving God. And hundreds of men I've run across, uh, hundred men I, I, who have taught me. I've had, to, I've had the privilege of teaching men on the district level, the regional level, and on the national level. I've taken training and all that. And I'm just, just amazed at the love of men who are willing to put their lives in, into me, who are willing to show me what God was like, who would sit next to me. When I asked Bert Wiener, how come you came and you let me involved? You, you knew I was, you know, still had a, slept a beer every so often. I smoked a little. And he said, God told me. And this was years later. It isn't like right then. It was years later as we were close friends. Matter of fact, I talked to him a couple days ago, and I told him I was going to bring his name up. And he said, good. <laughs> I said, I'll get even with you yet. And so he did. But he said, God told me to bring you in, that he had something for you. Men like that are taking care of you. Men like that are giving their life for you. Uh, matter of fact, one other thing Bert Wiener did, he and we had a young man in our group, and uh, he was able to minister to him. Matter of fact, that, that young man, his name was uh, Ricky Piccarello. And uh, I, I was standing in the back praying when Ricky accepted the Lord. And, uh, you know, that young man now, I've met with him recently a number of times. I'm doing a, uh, a college, online college course at Global University. And uh, Pastor Rick is my mentor. So I went from being his commander to he's my mentor now. This is just, you know, life goes around. God puts people in your place. He put, he put that man in Vietnam. He put that guy in, in my barracks. Uh, and he even put that young man in my room uh, at Wentworth. Matter of fact, that man who was in my room at Wentworth, I tried to find him to let him know. According to the records of Wentworth, he never existed. My wife met him, but he never existed. I don't know why his name's not on records. I don't know why it's there. I kind of think he was an angel. I think God had sent an angel for me. And as soon as I met my wife, I didn't need the angel anymore because I had an angel on a shirt to take care of me. So thank you.